Welcome to Pundia's podcast, Behind Counter. Here we talk about behind-the-scenes story when we are pushing crypto adoption around the world, and some insightful information about our technology, FunctionX. We invite not only our staff, partners, but also industry leaders to share their observation of the blockchain industry trend. Today is January 25th. We have just wrapped up the celebration of the fourth anniversary of Pundies, which dates back to September 27, 2017, when we first released our white paper. Since then, the community has called the day the birthday of Pundiex. In October 2021, Pundiex chain was launched on FunctionX. We are very grateful to see that with the support of the community, as we are taking a step closer to reach the goal that we set for ourselves. Stepping into the fifth year of Pundiex, the vision has always been there when Pundiex first established. And step by step, we are constantly building towards that world where the true decentralization is a new norm for everyone. Today, let's chill out with the founders and have a little chat about how we feel and what we hope for the future of the development of both Pundiex and FunctionX. So here we are, the founders of Pundiex. First, Zach. Hello, everyone. Hello, guys and girls. And Danny, our CFO. Hi guys, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Danny. Nice meeting you guys. And Kiki, the president of Pundiex. Hello everyone, uh, glad to be here. Konstantin or Kiki? Welcome Kiki. And David, president of FunctionX. Hi everyone. And me, Peko. So let's talk a little bit about the birth of Pundiex. Seth, can you share about how the idea was brought out? Uh, hi, thanks, Peko. So Pundiex actually came out of incubation from Pundi Pundi. Um, Pundi Pundi is actually the plural noun for wallet or pouch. And it was actually a QR code payments apps in Southeast Asia. And we wanted a better way to serve the underbank. And we started researching on blockchain solutions. Internally, back then, inside Pundi Pundi, it was Project X. And as Project X evolved, uh, it finally became Pundi X. So I, I remember at the time when Zach shared, first shared with me about uh, his startup idea and asked if I've joined him. And I was, actually, I, I haven't been in touch with any crypto currency before and then I heard the ideas and feel very innovative and I thought that could be a way to brought in more um, bank or the underserved populations to get into the financial service. This idea actually uh, happening in the world, uh, not just led by Pundiex, but also in the world, people were very much welcome the crypto and then to try to see uh, what the cryptocurrency can do for them. 
So I think that's amazing. Um, and I'm very uh, lucky and happy in, in Kundiex to uh, take this journey forward. And, and also the efforts that we are putting in um, is coming into a, uh, I won't say fruitation, but uh, we are in the process to the proof fruitation. And it's great that um, more and more people are um, participating this. How about uh, Danny and Kiki? What what were you? What were the reason that you guys decided to join Zach and start Pundias in the first place? Kiki, do you want to start? Uh, do you have? Yeah. So so I get to know Zach, Danny, and and Pete, our beloved CTO. Unfortunately, he cannot be here. Uh, way back from the Pundi Pundi days. So they started in Indonesia, and I'm I'm sort of like the the local guy. Mm. <laughs> I get to know them basically, I believe back in early 2017. And uh, we all are closely watching the emergence of uh, the blockchain players across the region and also the globe, of course. Uh, we then started to think about a useful project in this area. And with our background in the payment space, uh, we came up the idea to start with uh, Kundi X. That's, uh, I believe, how it starts. <laughs> right. So you're from uh, the background of uh, fintech industry. How do you look at the blockchain space uh, today? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I believe blockchain uh, and decentralization is here to stay. I mean, maybe not completely replacing fiat. Uh, but fiat also now have CDBC. But definitely, it's a complementing solution. I mean, more and more we see the usefulness of this technology and the usage of this technology around the world. So I believe it's, it's, it's here to stay. David, um, I think you actually joined us in the initial stage of Fundiex. And what was the decision made, David? Well, Zach and I actually met in 2015 when he was in Beijing working on a mobile game startup. And I was running a business incubator and a digital art gallery called Yuan Fun Flow. So that's kind of important because Yuan Fun is the Chinese word for fate or kismet. And so that meeting really was a, a turn uh, in, in my fate after that. And shortly after meeting Zach, I then met Vitalik Buterin. Uh, and I got involved with the Ethereum Foundation and blockchain. And uh, it was all, you know, a, a new world to, to all of us, but very, very exciting. And again, that same appeal of, uh, you know, helping bank the underbanked uh, and extending, uh, you know, the, uh, the financial sector to those people who hadn't had access to it before was a very exciting thing for me. And so then a couple of years later, I had moved to Thailand and Zach got in touch with me about a new project that he was working on called Pundi X. And he sent me an early version of the white paper. And so because of my involvement with Ethereum, I had received, oh, maybe 20 or 30 white papers for various blockchain projects. And most of them were very much in the concept stage. And Pundi X's white paper really stood out to me because the team had already executed on it and they had developed a prototype product, an actual tangible product, the Expos. 
Uh, and Zach even sent me a prototype of that. Uh, and after, after the ICO for PundiX, Zach called me and asked if I'd be interested in joining the team. I, 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 think, I think my initial answer was, you know, Zach, I'm like twice the age of everybody on the team, except for, except for Pakiti. <laughs> uh, and, and what really got me to yes was on a second, second call that Zach made to me. Uh, it was a, you know, a video call and uh, Zach's parents were standing right next to him. And so I figured that if Zach was making that proposal to me with his parents standing there, then he's got, he, he was a thousand percent behind the project. So how could I say no? Mm, that's, that's really impressive. I, I think that's, um, with the, uh, as you said, the technology wise, uh, it's always been a, a norm for us, um, the principle for us to have the tech technology ready before we talk to people. Um, so I think that's still uh, in, in Pundias and Functionist uh, when we have something that we are developing and then we were pretty much uh, developed in, in for, for, for a while before we actually launch it or officially talk about it. And um, that's still happening today. And and also with the uh, with your experience in Ethereum Foundation, it's bring a lot of uh, value to the team. Um, as as we are all startup, and uh, we need the guidance and experience to um, to guide us. And what about Danny? Um, what's your what's your start with uh, with Pundix? Hi guys. Uh... Yeah, thanks, Paco. So basically, my journey. Uh, I think I met uh Zach in China, uh, since two thousand fifteen. So, so basically, Pundiax is our I think our fourth fourth startups together. So uh, Zach and I we knew each other uh for quite some time, and I think in the end of I think end of two thousand sixteen or early of two thousand seventeen. So we decided, um, you know, the whole team decided we pivot along um, from our previous startup to a payment business. So, and uh, then we found Jakarta as, you know, uh, the starting point. And we found that um, the unbanked people actually needs new solutions. Uh, and then that's why we came up with um, payment, blockchain payment solutions at the end. And... I think that's the, 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 the starting point of Pundiax. Nice. So Danny is a great mind uh, behind the team uh, with um, the tokenomics and uh, side of all the uh, finances related activities. So great to have you, Danny. Thank you. Danny is our professor. Yes, yes. He even got the PhD uh, during the, uh, the time when we were having uh, public sales and also the early days, right? Yeah, that one was uh, was the I think it was the most torture period, you know, in the first thirty years of my life. It was like, I mean, <laughs> running a project is a is a huge headache, and then and then when. And then I, I still need to take care of, uh, you know, the, the, the courses and then the thesis. So, 
but I would say it's a it's a pretty fruitful it was a pretty fruitful journey and then uh, it gets me become very disciplined I would say <laughs> mm. I think a better and even better compliment is that Danny actually uh, acquired his PhD before the age of 30 so I think it's probably the the, the first person I know uh, that have achieved that personally yeah <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. I would take it as a compliment. <laughs> when we started all this, uh, I think in twenty seventeen, and then until now, right? So it was like four years ago. So when we look back. Um, you know the the space has been changing a lot, but you you mm. can see the fundamentals or the foundations is still remain the same. So the mass the mass abduction part, especially the payment, still I would say it's still under development, and there are a lot of room for growth. So um, I'm grateful because um, you know during these four years we have been been through a lot together. You, me, Paco, you know, David, everyone. Mm-hmm. So. So I'm glad like we are still on the line and the space and try to develop what we what we believe collectively. So you know it's 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 like um things has changed so much and but we but there are only a few people or few projects in the space that believe in what they are doing. So yeah, I mean I'm very happy like you know uh, all of us can still be here together and then working towards the same goal. Exactly, mm. exactly. So uh, as you said that the space is changing a lot. So I, I believe that that's why uh, we constantly look into the uh, market and also the technology-wise and then to coming out, to come out the idea of FunctionX. So... Uh, maybe we can talk about when did it first come out? Zach, do you want to uh, elaborate more about that? Uh, sure. So um, we the ideation started in 2018. So it actually started uh, forming that we actually need a blockchain solution ourselves, uh, but not using mm. Ethereum. Um, so we had the idea in 2018 and the, the idea slowly came to fruition in around Christmas 2018, uh, which is when uh, we announced the plan to start developing. So I would say that um, development actually started around end of 2018. Mm-hmm. You mean the, uh, the issues of uh, Ethereum? Maybe um, you can share with us more about uh, why Function X. Um, would solve some issues that uh, the current blockchain may have or does it bring any value to the blockchain space uh, in terms of the uh, payment part that we are constantly focusing on? Sure. So, um, Peko, so uh, both of us came from the browser industry, right? Uh, So Mm -hmm. I met you. Uh, many years back uh, while we were working in Opera. So I think an analogy is that um, um, there is a need to have uh, an understanding and control over uh, the nuts and bolts of uh, the blockchain to be able to best 
deployed uh, exposed in a decentralized way. And that includes uh, the development of Function X. In fact, um, the decentralized exposed system, the backbone of Pundi X chain uh, is actually based on the Function X technology as well. So I think it's with this need that um, the Function X uh, is being designed. And of course, Function X has now also grown further to accommodate uh, many different transactions. For example, um, the Function X DEX, which is the project name uh, variable. So that is also running on Function X. So Function X has grown quite a bit. But I think in 2018, uh, that was the idea uh, that came out. And of course, along the way, uh, years on, we also realized that uh, the Ethereum uh, transaction fees and time uh, is, uh, is not the most optimal. Um, so we are uh, quite fortunate that we started the development uh, mm. in late 2018 to get here. Um, in, in a way, on hindsight, uh, we, the things that we predicted that uh, will happen, uh, actually happen, and we are lucky to be able to have uh, the Function X uh, core technology uh, in twenty since twenty twenty one since launch. So I think that is very has been very very helpful in uh, uh, you know allowing us to stay in front, uh, stay competitive. Right. I remember uh, when we were in the business development side and a lot of um, merchants has been you know as well as the distributor are looking into the decentralized features of uh, xpos because mm. uh, the needs of uh, supporting other blockchain um, since function x also has a cross-chain capability and um, and also there are uh, users right now using different blockchain wallet and um, mm. so we have to keep our system more open uh, to support different kinds of wallet right so I believe that uh, the start with the function X is the right choice to to start at that time we were we were like struggling whether we, mm. we would like to build a blockchain by ourselves right mm. correct correct it was a very um, heated debate uh, amongst us. That reminds me of our, you know, the heated debate, you know, internally, as in building a blockchain is definitely a very, very, very hard and very, very time-consuming, effort-consuming projects. As mm -hmm. in, you not, not only on the tech side, you know, you will, uh, there are also, you know, the, the ecosystem building part. It's not really a because to remain a decentralization among mm. the network means more than tech. So you not only needs the nodes, you know, the servers, the codes, and even the reward system and tokenomics to be in place, but also the community that wants to build this decentralized together. Mm. So in order to input, you need to convince or you know, to promote to many other institutions or individuals to let them come into the space. So, so that will be a very, I, I would say, even, even for now, I would say it was a very headache and issues for us to remain decentralizations while we build it in a centralized way. 
when we will try to open to the public and let you know, external parties to come in, at the same time, we need to so-called like, you know, to protect the security of the whole network. Mm. So that will be a lot of efforts. I think it was uh, beyond our capability back then. After a while, like when we were in the payment space, we figure out you don't want to wait for two minutes for the confirmation for, to get mm. your coffee. Or you, you do want to you know, spend your Bitcoin on Ethereum chain or some other chains. So, I mean, that will, the, I, I, we believe that will be the futures of the whole payment systems. And, and that's why uh, even we have anticipated all the problems that we might encounter uh, in the future, we have decided this is something big uh, we want to achieve together. So I think that will be the, the, one of the conclusions we had. And then we just said, you know, if this is a future and if uh, go for the mass adoptions and educations, I think this is something uh, we, we all want to moving forward. Right. I think you're right about the payment system. And uh, right now we see the payment system so fragmented uh, in the fiat world. Um, blockchain is also fragmented, but uh, underlying there's the same technology. People can switch their wallets, different wallets, but still own the assets. But mm. in today's payment system, uh, people is not easy to switch and there are different currency involved as well. So that makes the transaction also very, very difficult and very costly. Um, maybe, but Kiki, you have the experience in, in payment industry. You might feel some of them were, were the pain point um, for the payment industry about the fragmental um, ecosystem. Right, right. Yeah, with all the different currency and regulations, we can see the similarities in blockchain, but uh, on a different magnitude. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, 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 about the function X, I, I also want to say that uh, I'm really glad that we did start that uh, uh, effort, although painful, but we can see now that uh, it starts to be developed into a blockchain protocol with uh, many use cases. Uh, also, thanks to the community for their valuable inputs to the development of Function X, besides you know, our internal efforts. David, you have been with uh, Ethereum Foundation before, and I, I think uh, since the beginning, I think you also see the similar similarity uh, when launching a, the blockchain to the community and achieve decentralization, right? Right. Well, I, you know, I think I've been really lucky uh, in my career uh, to be able to kind of work in the presence of, of creative geniuses. And so, you know, whether it's the, uh, the Lee Kai-Fu's at Microsoft or Vitalik Buterin, um, I've, I've been in their presence and I feel their passion and I, uh, you know, get imbued with their vision. And so mm. I had similar experiences, uh, you know, as, as Function X was, was introduced. I remember two scenes very clearly. One was when we were all sitting around a table at a coffee shop uh, in Hong Kong. 
and uh, and Kit was explaining, you know, all the things that were going to go on and how this, you know, we needed to create our own ecosystem in order to really, uh, you know, uh, uh, enable uh, the community and enable to uh, manifest the vision. And then this the second the second scene that I have locked in my mind is uh, we were we were all in Bali, and uh, and Zach was uh, was watching a webinar on sharding and uh, Byzantine generals, and uh, I, I could I could see in his eyes uh, this light of like you know how 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 can how can we do better. How can we create something that's going to be even greater? That's going to make uh, an even greater impact. And so, you know, that's it's 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 being, you know, for for, for those people who are not technical, uh, you can still get inspired uh, by by that genius in in others. And so, to be able to be kind of part of that team, uh, and and you know, Pakiki also brings up, you know, because from from a lawyer's perspective, this was really interesting to me because this was, this was on the cutting edge of, uh, of, of law, of where regulators wanted to go. And so for me, you know, I mean, I started off in law as a China lawyer, uh, you know, 40 years ago. And at that point, it was like Chinese law. There's no such thing. And likewise, uh, you know, I was getting into this whole field and it's kind of like blockchain law or, you know, regulations about decentralization. I mean, these were, you know, these were just completely uh, sort of imaginary concepts. So the whole, the whole uh, ethos of Function X was, uh, was really uh, intriguing to me and really exciting for me and has remained that way today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's true. And I remember at the time when, when you launched Function X, we were exploring the possibility to have a uh, phone OS and all those things. At that time, we're, our focus is pretty much on hardware, right? Mm. And then we were migrating from hardware to software part. I think this is very important step because uh, when we were in the hardware part, we were kind of like confine ourselves into the phone, the OS, and the communication. But stepping out to the software part, there's actually broaden our exploratory uh, in this uh, mm. area that triggers us to launch Kundi's chain to moving from the hardware part to the software part. We can see the interlace relationship between the PUDX and FunctionX, and what can we envision it in the future? Zach, do you want to talk about it? Since it's a four years like anniversary, I, I also want to mention, so when, when David was saying that uh, there was actually a scene that came to mind, it was actually in 2017 when we wanted to launch PUDX. I actually spoke to you, Kiki, um, about oh. what we plan to do. Uh, I, I still remember the conversation um, because normally you were quite chatty when we talk about tech stuff, you know, business stuff. Uh, but that day we were having like noodles, I remember telling you about um, Pundiax uh, and you were, you know, you were just quiet the whole time uh, and then eating noodles. And, and after finishing the meal, you just say, so how do we do it? 
uh, I think all of us, uh, the reason why we could carry until today is also because of our uh, personality that we try to uh, work on things. So I think that that image also kind of like uh, imbued in, in my mind. I mean, as David mentioned, uh, you know, this kind of snippets. Peko, you said um, the Puniac chain will actually power the payments ecosystem on Xpost, Xpass, and also the many different uh, payment opportunities. So Puniac chain is built and meant for this. So it will carry all the characteristic of uh, what payments should be. It uses the same technology under the hood as FX Core, which is the parent chain for FunctionX. So I think one thing very important is that um, Puniac chain and FunctionX is uh, like the left and right hand. Uh, one ties lift the other, and we believe both are essential. So Puniac chain will be very critical for our payments effort moving forward. And uh, also, we have uh, developed Hearst tokens uh, that leverage as a reward token. Maybe, Danny, would you like to share a little bit more about this reward token? How can it be able to expand the PundiX network? Thanks, Fekko. So, PundiX rewards, or we call it a purse token. Um, the idea actually came from uh, the PundiX chain. As everyone knows, um, PundiX token is a deflationary uh, token, which means that we cannot mean any more tokens. The, the minted function of that particular smart contract uh, has closed. Basically, the idea of this token, the of purse token, is um, firstly to let those who stake their tokens of the network to secure the networks to get uh, incentivized. And secondly, is to expand the current ecosystem of Fundiax. And yeah. with regards to the utility of the purse token, um, not we we are not really encouraging um the speculating and trading, but in order to incentivize them, so we actually design it to let the communities to buy uh, NFTs, you know, to 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 be claimed for vouchers or even to participate certain marketing campaigns. Right. Sorry, I, I can't hear someone in the background to make cocktail or... <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I'm making coffee. <laughs> sorry. I ran oh, okay. out of coffee. Okay. Yeah, no, no wonder I got distracted because of the coffee smell. <laughs> I'm sorry, Danny. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. It's okay. I, I, could, I could... Because I haven't got my coffee, my morning coffee. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> Because it, this, it, it, this gave it, a, it gave it a real life feel. I think actually it was kind of it was kind of like some people were gonna think that we put that as a voiceover, but I like that. That's good. It's alright. Right. And the next part, I would like uh, to ask you guys about your personal feeling, because after four years is quite a long time in the blockchain world. How do you guys feel about it? Zach, do you want I to do. talk about it? Oh, sure. Uh, we like entered the blockchain space uh, as a company in 2017. 
I think the space really, really uh, developed very fast. Mm. You said something, Paco, when you uh, when you joined. You said that if traditional tech industry is div- uh, is progressing at uh, 50 kilometers per hour, crypto is progressing at 500 kilometers per hour. Right now, it's really progressing really fast. Uh, but it is only happening on certain sectors, such as trading, such as DeFi. The real implementation, such as for people to use crypto,、uh, and also things like CBDC, I feel is still underdeveloped.、Uh, it will catch up because as the things move on, all these other elements will also need to be on par. And、uh, right now, a lot of focus is on trading, speculation. But I think the fundamental usage of crypto. Uh, will catch up, and hence、uh, we are heavily invested in all this. So I think that it's yeah, that's that's the the, the seed. Yeah. But Kiki, what about you?、Uh, what do you think about?、Uh, what's your feeling right now?、Um, sure. Yeah, I feel like it's it's moving very fast, like Zach said, like everybody knows, and more and more, I think it's here to stay. I mean, the blockchain and digital currency.、Uh, Space, maybe not not to replace fiat, but you know,、uh, it definitely has more and more usage to complement fiat, and it's getting more decentralized. Like、uh, experience with DeFi、uh, the past year, and I'm really glad that we have、uh, Function X, means we can we can participate in this area and also contribute to the decentralization of. An integration of、uh, the digital currencies and the payment、mm-hmm. space. Danny. Yeah, I was like, you know, when we were in 2017, right? I mean, I don't know whether you guys still believe,、uh, still, still, still remember. Um, there was a hack in Coinreal.、Mm. The exchange,、mm. the Korean exchange. I think,、mm. I think that was like, you know, the. I I I would say a crisis when we when I when I look back. I think back then I was a serious, pretty serious issues. The interesting part is after few months later, right? Another exchange got hacked again. Our token got stolen again. It's it's actually very very rare when you see the that cryptocurrencies or you know that particular assets being ah、uh, stolen or got hacked three times in a year. I think that will be the example I will, I will I will use to explain how and why, ah,、uh, the industry going so fast that um, is sometimes we are a bit lost track. But as I mentioned earlier, we have been tempted to doing a lot of new things. I guess our committee will also questions why we don't want to pivot to this, why do we don't want to pivot to that areas.、Mm. I think one good things um I learned from the hacks or you know is that. When you focusing on something you believe in, um, time will reward you. In two thousand seventeen, a lot of exchanges they they just you know come came out from nowhere, but they are not focusing on what they are doing best, and that's why the security issues came out, and then it, it still keep going. So we we always kept in mind that security and the trend itself has to be compromised in somehow. So when we are building something big enough. And we what we believe in, and we want to do it slowly,、uh, and steady and surely. So,、mm. although I felt like oh, I'm in the space for you know less than five years, but I I feel I felt like 
I was like 10 years uh, older when you know when we were in this industry. One, I think one thing is uh, we need to you know control ourselves not to put in our effort uh, or our focus to too many areas. On one point, we need to we need to looking at the industry keep growing, but you know knowing this is not what we want and this is not what we good at. You are right about one thing that the security part, we are all coming from the technology industry uh, before joining uh, the blockchain development. And I, I remember back in the day in Opera, we have a lot of uh, different security issues that we need to look into, like vulnerability report that back in the day when Adobe is still very strong and dominating. And then we got a lot of security issues because of the proprietary software. It's like a black hole that we cannot tackle the vulnerability issues. And nowadays becomes more uh, open source world and there are still centralized custodies service and the issues still exist. And there are still hackers um, looking around. But for us as a team, uh, we know that uh, it's our first priority to look after the security issues. So uh, when we develop something, we always like testing, testing, testing. And uh, that's why it takes longer uh, than, mm -hmm. than others, right? I 100% uh, believe that we should uh, focus more on the security side. Well, we are not perfect, but uh, we are trying to make it more secure. Always. Yes. Mm. And David, after four years, and what do you feel about the journey so far? Well, it's, uh, you know, it, 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 like Danny said, it, it doesn't seem like four normal years. It <laughs> seems like, you know, 20 <laughs> years. Um, and I think, I mean, what's been interesting is that, uh, you know, going through the pandemic, apart from one another, but still together, uh, has been a, uh, a really interesting dynamic. Uh, in, in certain ways, uh, I, I think there's been less disruption to what we do because we are a decentralized organization. So, you know, when people talk about like work from home as something novel, I think, oh, wow, I've been doing this from day one. Uh, and, and, you know, and again, there's, there's, it's an extraordinarily dynamic uh, environment. Uh, it is it is kind of like a a, a video game and that you have you no know, regulators coming after you, mm. you know, hackers <laughs> coming after you, you have competitors coming after you. So you know you're always always on your toes. But I think that we've had a uh, you know a really clear vision of things. And I think you know as you've said and other people have echoed, you know security has been at the at the forefront of things and. Uh, while it was awful, uh, you know, when exchanges were hacked and our coins were uh, were stolen, uh, it was also a, a growing experience for us. And I think that from, you know, all the adversaries uh, that, that are out there, uh, they really kind of keep us on our toes and help us to, I think, develop better as we go along. I mean, when we are in doing uh, crypto payment businesses, uh, because traditional payment businesses, is highly regulated so when we will try to uh disrupt or decentralize the payment systems uh, at one point and on the other hand the regulators will keep seeing as us they will see us as a bank 
and mm. they will try to input all these uh, banking very strict requirements on us and then so on one hand we need to you know go through the security make sure the securities and then we need to uh, remain the innovations and decentralizations and on the other hand regulators wants to you know they, they, they want us to use a decentralized ways um to fulfill their centralized management i mean that would be their expectation but you know this is a bit subtle because um decentralizations of the payment is is a bit different from uh, the traditional payment business so i think that will be um i, I would say that the pain point like when david wants to discuss or try to explain the situations with the regulators is that so uh, david yeah you know it's it's square peg in round hole thing so you know they, it's very difficult when you come up with uh, innovation and, and new things uh, those people who have uh, you know concerns about uh, consumers and everything want to put you into something that already exists and so mm. we've seen it you know at the, at the most basic level like you know what what kind of asset is cryptocurrency and there's not a single a single view on it and there's uh, you know ongoing attempts to say it's it's just like a and no it's not it's not like anything it's not like uh you know the currencies that came before uh it's not like uh, a commodity it's not like so you have to create something new and uh that's a that's that's sometimes i think overwhelming uh for regulators to to try to do likewise our business you know when you're dealing with a uh, a decentralized financial uh you know offering what are you gonna, you're going to call it a bank but we're not a bank um and you know you can't you can't track uh transactions through a decentralized network the same way that you can track uh if everyone is using a swift system so you know there's still these attempts to kind of like uh, put put innovative new things into existing uh structures and that's that's challenging and yet you know i mean i think that's a a, a really good dynamic uh in terms of of keeping you know everybody trying to to kind of catch up with things um and so you know we'll we'll always be and we should always be uh, a couple steps ahead uh of where uh of where regulators uh you know think we should be uh and i think that's good i think that keeps us innovating mm -hmm. that's true and uh talking about uh regulation and the unbank uh back into our first visions when we found Pundix and we would like to have involve the unbank uh population to to be in the financial service and currently the the system the regulatory scenes doesn't offer too much flexibility uh for those population i guess uh because of the the technology limit back in early days and now um blockchain make it more accessible to everyone it's just that how the regulator can come up with the uh, reasonable um onboarding policy that would protect our consumer as well as to onboard the end users as well because 
I think uh, with the the advancement of the technology, then our regulator need to really look into how to make a structural flexibility for those people so that more people can get involved in a safer way, um, I would say, and um, also easier way. But you so, can see why that's why that's a dilemma, because yes, you know, after, after all, you know, one of the fundamentals of blockchain is to do away with brokers, is to do away mm. with middlemen, because mm. it's the, their participation that creates inefficiencies. Uh, that puts a, uh, a block between, uh, you know, P to P or people dealing, you know, more directly and going around uh, those middlemen. And that's the efficiencies that blockchain brings. But mm -hmm. after all, that's also a threat. So, I mean, you know, the, the regulators uh, are also, you know, having pressure from big lobbying groups. And so you have lobbying groups of these middlemen. Uh, you have, you know, the government itself, which relies, uh, you know, its power rests in being centralized. So when they're confronted with something that is almost antithetical to that, that is decentralized, that does away with uh, with the middlemen and the brokers, then that's, you know, that's a that's that's a conundrum. Exactly, is a very long journey. It it gets started but uh, i believe this journey will be will last long Seth, is there anything that you would like to say to the team and also to the community about um this journey ahead hmm um i i think one sort of like reflection is um when we finish our ico um, I think it was in 21st of January, right? Uh, 2018, uh, I think more or less there. Uh, looking back, um, of course, we have done things that are correct. We have done mistakes, uh, inevitable. Um, but I think looking back, uh, one thing I think we should all be proud of is how we put our hearts <coughs> and soul to build product um, after the ICO, um, uh, it, it was just a very natural thing, right? Um, after we finished the ICO, uh, we quickly flew in from all over, you know, all over the world in different places and met up and discussed what was our um, action next. And we went on to execute. Uh, we went back to our different cities, our offices, and we continue executing. Uh, it was a very natural thing and having looked back, of course, it was the right thing. It really shows how passionate we were, we are doing what we we believed in. And it was a natural thing for us to do. Um, quite a few ICOs after they raised, you know, they, they became, they, they slowed down, they took holidays, uh, time off. But I think we just continued building. I think moving forward, uh, the next four years, yes, we will continue to do things correct uh, we will also make mistakes but i think one thing that doesn't change is uh how we will continue to build how we will continue to hustle positively so i think that is our i mean to, to give it back to the community for the faith that uh the community has given to us 
Great. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. And uh, thank you for all joining today and share your uh, story. And I think we also would like to uh, give a big shout out to our community who has been supporting us, whether on sunny or rainy days. Um, thank you for trusting us in what we do and believe in our visions of total decentralization. Your support and faith in us have given us enormous strength to keep, keep doing what we do. So thank you and stay with us for our fifth, sixth or more birthday to come. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, thank you guys. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's a wrap up today. Thank you for listening. Make sure you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, as well as GitHub for detailed documentation. If you are interested in sharing ideas and participating in building the FunctionX ecosystem to make it better, join our official FunctionX forum. Remember that this is not financial advice and you should participate with your own risk and do your own research. Leave a comment or feedback to us if you like. See you at the next episode. If you want to speed out the adoptions and we believe uh we believe uh, our distributors, um, consumers, merchants, and even the exposed distributors, they should be rewarded and be incentivized. And that's why we came up with this idea if we could combine the blockchain rewards and then the ecosystem rewards together. And that's how we came up with this Pundiax reward or purse tokens the idea of this.